Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we hear from all types of fascinating tango professionals and community leaders. We hear about their experiences, their insights, and through that, we figure out ways to improve our own tango. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, all you returning listeners, and greetings to all you first-timers. Glad you're here. Joining me now is Max Masri, a musician, music producer, and founder of the highly renowned group Tanghetto. Max, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's an honor for me to be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. So you're in New York at the moment. Uh, what are you up to there? Yes, I'm here. Um, well, I've been performing here in New York. Awesome. Uh, with Tanguero. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm, you know, a little bit like investigating and trying to make uh, new fusions with tango and some other mm-hmm. styles. So New York is like a great place to meet lots of people with different music backgrounds. That's awesome. So w- while you were growing up in Buenos Aires, did you grow up as a musician? Well, not really. My family is not from... You know, it doesn't have a music background, but I was very interested in music since I was like 10 years old, listening to lots of different styles of music. And that's how I started, you know, to embrace the the being a musician vibe. And um, I, I started like music lessons when I was like 14 or something like that. Nice. So what instrument did you start with? I started with an electronic uh, piano. Oh, cool. And then I switched to classic guitar. Mm-hmm. And there I took like convention, conventional music lessons. Like it wasn't the, the, um, the conservatory, but it was like very strict. Ah. So I, I got like bored. And then um, I switched to samples, you know, a sampler, and and I began to experiment with electronic music. Mm -hmm. So what gave you the idea to experiment with blending uh, electronic sound with with tango music? Well, when I was around uh, 17, I took lessons with a very well-known... Uh, tango composer. Mm-hmm. His name is Virgilio Esposito. Right, yes. And yes. you know him. Yeah, he yeah. wrote that really famous song, uh, Naranjo en Flor, right? Naranjo en Flor, that's right. And yeah, yeah so I, I started to get very interested in tango, but I didn't feel that mm-hmm. the sound of tango was like, you know, representing, you know, what I wanted to do. So I started to blend. Mm-hmm electronics with tango and at that time it felt like it was a little bit crazy <laughs> because i wanted to do something like new and i remember my teacher Virgilio. he said that 
uh, if you wanted to do something with tango, you had to do something new because, you know, all these great orchestras from the past, they did such amazing things that trying to compete with that was like, you know, something maybe useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, when you start to experiment and you start to take tango in a new direction, I mean, that's... Uh, that's a really bold thing to do. Uh, what was the uh, what was the reaction when people when you started really getting that sound out? And it was super. Uh, I didn't expect it. it was like instant success. Uh, well, nice. Uh, the the good thing about it is that I wasn't part of the tango scene at the moment, mm -hmm. so that was good because I didn't have you know like any how can you say it? Any restrictions or any limitations? Yeah. Restrictions, yeah, or prejudice. Yeah, I felt like, yeah, I'm going to try something different mm. and without any expectations. Like, well, you always have like this dream that people will like it, but, you know, I didn't have real expectations that people were going to embrace it and people were going to dance to it and things like that. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was great that... At least when we were recording, we didn't get any feedback from no one, and that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was great. It was great. Uh, like three months after we released the album, we were invited to the Mundial de Tango mm. in Buenos Aires nice. and the Festival de Tango of yeah. Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. and we also got nominated to the Latin Grammy. So right, three times, <laughs> right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and the album was selling a lot. Nice. So when when you started really getting into this, did you did you seek out other tango musicians to to be a part of Tanguero, or did they come to look for you? Well, I'm thinking. Well, we knew some other musicians, and we asked if they knew someone that could be interested in in what we were doing. But it was like the people that heard that we were doing this, but mm -hmm. it's not like the, they they listen to our music. They just they heard that we were experimenting or something. Uh. They didn't believe that it was gonna be worth it. So okay, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look at you guys now. Yeah. And yeah, we were doing this blend of tango with electronic music that was so um, new mm -hmm. and different. Yeah. And experimentation started in 2001. Mm -hmm. And I tried to make, you know, that tangueto as a band in late 2002, early 2003. So it wasn't easy, but it was great. Yeah. Yeah, because I sometimes play a lot, some of your songs when I, when I DJ. You know, just to just to shake things up a little bit, and yeah, it's it's fun because uh, you know I I teach tango, and you know one of the things I like my students to do is to move a little bit more slowly, you know, as a as uh -huh. a way of practicing technique, and yeah, some of the songs from Tanguero are really useful. So I want to switch gears a little bit to just uh, you know the the tangos that are you know more meant for listening versus the ones that are are meant for dancing. So as a, as a creator of of music. Uh, Max, do you have a preference over creating one type of tango over another? No, but I love it when I see people dancing to our music. I remember the first time we played at the um, Mundial de Tango mm -hmm. in Buenos Aires, and they we did it in the San Martin Theater, but they took away all the seats so people could dance. And it was the first time I, I saw like 500 couples dancing to our music. Mm. Uh, 
it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. And when you have this great reaction from from people, yeah, like they dance to your mm -hmm. music, and it was something new. It was different. Uh, it felt amazing. But I, I like to write both kind of music: mm -hmm. music that people can dance to, and music you know to listen to. Nice. Yeah, because you know, no doubt when you when you experiment and when you try something new, when you take tango in a bold new direction, it's great that there are a lot of people who are who react very well, but I imagine there are also quite a few people who are very we'll call themselves traditionalists who probably have a more negative reaction to uh to what you're doing. Uh what are some common complaints that those that those folks have? Well, some people don't it's like they feel like it's not as easy to dance to as some um, traditional. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the, the, the complaint. But usually when they come to our concerts, they expect our tango fusion. Mm -hmm. And some songs are, like, great for dancers. And some songs are, you know, different. Like, you have to be, how can you say, experimental. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But some people know about Nuevo Tango, Tango Nuevo, some other people don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember having just uh, kind of going over this point when I was speaking with uh, Miguel de Genova from Motros Aires. And yeah, we were talking about how, um, you know, Juan D'Arienzo back in his day, he was, you know, not everyone loved what he was doing, but today we consider him to be this this classic. Yeah, and it was funny. And Miguel was saying, yeah, if D'Arienzo was alive today, he would love to get a hold of, a, you know, remixing equipment. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I guess that Darienzo, Piazzolla, everyone will be trying to do something with the sounds of today. Yeah. But I understand that people love traditional tango because traditional tango is great. Mm -hmm. But it's great that people also have like an open mind and listen to mm -hmm. Nuevo. Yeah. Yeah. And dance to Nuevo too. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, like having the best of both worlds. Right. Yeah. So as you're creating new tango and looking ahead to the future, Max, uh, how would you like to see tango music evolve? Well, I would like that more people listen to tango, more people mm -hmm. uh, dance to tango. You know, there, there's a saying saying that tango should be popular or not exist at all, that mm. something like that <laughs> in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And tango used to be very popular. Mm -hmm. And now it's m more of a, how can you call it? That it's just for a few people. I would like to see more people. Yeah. Yeah. More people into tango and dancing to tango. Nice. Yeah. So you've traveled all over the world, whether it's here in the US and South America or in uh, Europe, performing for many different kinds of people. Do you notice, you know, how the different countries and cultures, how, how their cultures influence their dancing? Well, yeah. And that is good because when when I went to Colombia, I could see that they have this Latin flavor in their dance, you know, that's a little bit different from the Argentinian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you go to Europe, you can see something different too. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to tell, but you can feel it when you see it. Yeah. And it's good. It's good that, you know, there's something from everyone that gets into their dancing and into tango. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then how you said you were performing uh, during the Mundial and seeing you know hundreds of couples dancing, and that was really awesome. What were some What were some other really memorable experiences you've had while uh, while performing? Well, I'm thinking here in New York, 
that we played at the Lincoln Center. Oh, nice. Uh, for the Midsummer Night Swing. Oh, yes. And it yes. was great, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it felt a little bit like that uh, show in the first Mundial de Tango that we did. Mm -hmm. So many couples dancing to our music that, that felt amazing. Mm -hmm. And in a city like New York, of course. Mm -hmm. But I have so many memories from... It's been 15 years right. since the release of Emigrante. And yeah, we played in so many tango festivals all over the world. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, I can spend hours talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, and as, you know, we're kind of lucky here as, as fans of your music and as dancers. I mean, we, we hear a lot of, you know, the finished products of hours or days, weeks, months of, of you, you know, fine-tuning and putting things together. Over those 15 years, um, you know, focusing a little bit more on the, um, the behind-the-scenes kind of work, because uh, 15 years is a long time to keep this uh, experiment going, which is, which is awesome. What are some really great memories I just, of you, of the, of the creator process that, that you think about when you reflect on those past, past 15 years? I remember when we first uh, recorded our album uh, Emigrante, and it felt so unique at that time. It, it was amazing. It was like we spent hours uh, recording and mixing, but we were so happy that we, when we finished you know, each song, we were happy to listen to that song. We were not tired because it was different. It was new. And that feeling is really amazing. And the other that I can recall. So recording Emigrante was like, I, I cannot express that. It's, it was unbelievable. But also when we did the hybrid tango one and the hybrid tango two, because we got to experiment with different musical styles and still have the, the essence of tango in our music. Mm -hmm. and, and that was also great. Yeah, because when you take yeah. an idea and when you see it come to life, that's a really powerful, powerful experience. Yeah, it's very powerful because you, you have this, like, you don't have that. It's, it's a combination of an expectation and also of doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you, you start to get very, uh, in a way, anxious and happy with the result. And that's a great, great feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, were there any moments where you had an idea for a song and maybe an expectation? How did this completely turn out totally different from, from how it began in your head? Yes. Yeah, like many times. <laughs> and that is great because, <laughs> yeah, that is awesome because, you know, you don't know what to expect. And that's great yeah. mm -hmm. because uh, even though you have like all this background and all these years doing this, mm -hmm it's great to have this feeling that you're doing something new yeah, and that you're not repeating yourself, that you're not doing formulas, you know, mm -hmm. and when, when you, that happens, it's great because you start mm -hmm. with an idea and then it comes out like yeah. a totally different composition or production or whatever. It's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I like how you, you mentioned that there's, you know, you sometimes you have doubts of, of whether or not something's going to work. Uh, how do you, what do you tell yourself to, to kind of motivate yourself to, to keep working through those doubts? Well, the, the challenge is to do something different. Mm -hmm. And when you still have the doubt, it's because you're doing something different, you know, so it keeps 
feeding your your desire to finish that mm -hmm. and it's usually when you, you you let the the composition rest like for a week or something and you listen to it again and then you find out that it's something new yeah and different mm -hmm. and then you decide it's worth it to release that mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, you know when you when you finish a song or you're in the midst of of uh, creating a song and you're not quite sure how it's going, do you have maybe friends or people close to you that you say, "Hey, listen to this," and do they give you really good feedback? Yeah, it's usually musicians that I work with. Okay, I try not to show to show what I'm working on to 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 people that are outside of Tangeta. Okay. Because I don't want to be, yeah, <laughs> I try not to be, you know, like influenced. Mm -hmm. But I try, yeah, I show it to, to, to someone, at least someone, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I never did something 100% alone. I, I like, you know, the feeling that, yeah, man, this is great. This is awesome. This is different. This is, mm -hmm. I like that feeling, you know, when you show it to someone and they, they tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's uh, it's you're creating something new, but also you you sometimes you know you cover some really popular bands and turn them into tangos. One example is um, you know Depeche Mode's "Enjoy the Silence." Uh, I really was happy when when someone made a tango cover of that because I was growing up, I, I was a huge Depeche Mode fan, and I've heard so many different kind of remixes of, of their stuff, but to hear the tango version that you guys did was really uh, was was really amazing. Yeah, we released that. I remember we released that album that's called Buenos Aires Remix mm -hmm. in October 2005. It's an album that has 12 remixed versions of Tangueto songs, mm -hmm. but it had two new songs that were two covers. That was Enjoy the Silence from the Pesh Mode yeah. and New Order's Blue Monday. Yeah. So our version of Blue Monday became an alternative radio hit in the U.S. Yeah. And it was played on this radio called KCRW in Los Angeles. Okay. That's, you know it? It's, it's yes, a great yes. radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I was out in L.A., yes, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And it got played a lot there. And mm -hmm. Buenos Aires Remix reached gold right. in Argentina in early 2007. Yes. And later became our second album that got, well, plat platinum. How do you say it? Platinum, platinum? Yep. Yeah, platinum. Platinum. Yep. Yep. <laughs> platinum. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Say it like in Spanish, Platina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what are, what future ideas uh, are you trying that you can that you can tell us about? Well, we were, uh, we have been working with um, many very well known musicians from Argentina, not only in the tango scene, but also from rock and pop and some other styles. Mm-hmm. Because you know everyone in, in Argentina is very interested in tango mm-hmm. uh, because of the I don't know it's in our DNA yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we did like uh, new recordings with them new songs we composed songs with them mm-hmm. we also worked with Pipi um, Piazzola Melita Baltar mm. uh, Lidia Borda mm-hmm. great tango artist Guillermo mm-hmm. Fernandez mm. and we're doing a new album mm-hmm. that it's been taken like. I don't know, like more than two years. Mm-hmm. And I hope we can release it as soon as possible. I'm not sure yet because it's been like very hard to work with all these different people with all their schedules and tours and everything. Right. But I hope we will release it mm-hmm. soon. Okay. Yeah. Are there any musical instruments that you have not yet experimented with that you're thinking of uh, bringing into the tango world? Mm. That nobody ever did before, mm-hmm. or or maybe for you personally. Well, you know, we we did some work with Yerhu, you know that Chinese instrument. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Arhu, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We did it in our version of Blue Monday mm-hmm. many many years ago. Yeah, it was a part of our show too, mm-hmm. because the the cello player that we had back then he used to play the Yerhu. Uh-huh. And it was great to experiment with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really haunting sound. Yeah. Yeah, and it has it. It combines the melancholic feeling of the violin, but also the Chinese element. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's tuned totally differently. Yeah. Yeah, and it blends perfectly with the bandoneon. So mm. uh, I'm thinking because we we work with a, a Polish band, mm-hmm. and we're gonna release a song with them. And it's called Dagadana, mm. that Polish band. They do world music. Okay. Yeah, we blended some different percussion instruments and I'm thinking some, yeah, but I don't remember the name of those instruments. But yeah, we work with some other sounds and instruments. Mm-hmm. If I'm answering your question right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just, yeah. just curious because, you know, there's, yeah, a lot of ideas out there to play with. Yeah. I'm asking you things, but I don't know if it's the right time to do it because you're doing the interview. So sure. Uh, uh, what kind of people listen to your podcast? A lot tango of dancers. Or? Yeah, mostly tango dancers, uh, people who are just starting to really get into it, and uh-huh. uh, that's the that's my main audience. But I've gotten so many different kinds of professionals who listen to it, who who love it as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's great for uh, new people that are getting into tango to start also with. Tango Nuevo because it could open up their minds to, you know, different uh, ways of dancing. Yeah. I remember when I first started out, I just started in the early 2000s and I, re- I would hear like alternative tango and I'd be like, oh, okay. Because I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't like stuck with the, tra- I love the traditional stuff. But then when I heard the new stuff, I was like, oh, okay, this is great too. And, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't just stuck on one, one type. Well, it's great. That, that was great because... Like I said before, it's the best of both worlds, and you you will always find something interesting and new, and you're never gonna get tired of tango in any way because 
you can listen to something different and you can go back to the traditional. Yeah. And for many people, mm -hmm. like when we played in Mexico, we did like, I don't know, it was a very long tour and many of the, the places where we played, mm -hmm. people didn't know much about tango or they didn't know tango at all. And when they started listening to Tangueto, mm -hmm. then they became more interested in traditional tango. So, yeah, it, it sometimes it becomes a, like a, a path, a door that opens, you know, something for many people that then they start to like it so much that they begin to dance and, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for some of the newer dancers out there who are just really starting to explore music, let's say they come across Tanguero, what are some of your personal favorite Tanguero songs for dancers? For dancers... Yeah, there's mm -hmm. the the song uh, called uh, Una Llamada. Mm -hmm. That's uh, in English, One Call. Okay. And there's another song called Al Final Todo Se Van. Mm -hmm. And there's another one that I think is great. It's called Mente Frágil. Okay. And El Duelo. El Duelo is also great for dancers. Yes. Yeah. You know El Duelo? <laughs> I know, yes, yes. I actually use that in my lessons a lot, but that's a, that's a favorite of, of some of the, of the, a lot of the people, dancers here where I live. Yeah. Okay, so Max, this has been a lot of fun. Where do we find out about you and Tanghetto online? Well, uh, we have our website, that it's www.tanghetto.com mm -hmm. or www.tanghetto.net. Okay. And then we also have our Facebook page. Okay. That's www.facebook mm -hmm. I don't know dot com dash tanguero <laughs> yeah I'll I'll have should uh, I say links. that again <laughs> I know that's fine I'll, I'll have uh, the links to all of you to your websites and to the Facebook in our show notes people will be able to look up the websites the Facebook the uh, Instagram everything so okay we'll make sure they to, to direct them to it yeah they can follow us yeah all right. Well, Max, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you got a really busy schedule, but it's awesome that you took the time to chat with me. I'm sure the uh, listening audience will really appreciate what you have to say. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show or to your podcast. Yeah. Well, whatever you want to call it, show, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome, Max. Thank you so much, man. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you very much. Okay, that was fun. And I want to give a quick shout out to my old friend Joe Powers for having encouraged me to get in touch with Max. So I really liked what Max had to say about experimenting with tango music and how his teacher, Virgilio Exposito, encouraged him to create new sounds. And whether you're creating new music or whatever it is you might be thinking of doing, new ideas are going to give you doubts. But having those doubts means that you're on to something new and different. And when you're in unexplored territory, there are no restrictions. So try out new stuff. And I also appreciate what Max had to say about keeping an open mind when dancing to alternative tango music. Yes, it's often more challenging than traditional tango, but trying to express our tango to a different sound is a great opportunity for growth. And that doesn't mean we have to forget about traditional stuff, of course, and it's okay if you still prefer the Golden Age orchestras. But being able to navigate both the old and new gives us, as Max says, the best of both worlds. So thank you again, Max, for sharing your thoughts and for your time. 
And of course, thanks to all you listeners out there for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, as always, please take a quick moment to subscribe and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Music